This guy, Swift, Nimble, back in the day, Tim May, Ohio State insider, knows the Big Ten. He is standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, Timmy? Pretty good, huge. I have to tell you about when I was a sports editor of the Lufkin News way back in the early 70s in Lufkin, Texas, and uh, the Miss Lufkin pageant. I, I was assigned to cover the Miss Lufkin pageant because, like I said, it's competition, right? And uh, the MC for that, I was sent out to interview her the morning of the Miss Lufkin pageant at the nicest hotel in town, the Holiday Inn, next to the pool. It was Farrah Fawcett. This was the summer before Charlie's Angels started. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and I put on my best leisure suit and uh, and made the scene. And she was, <laughs> man, seven thirty in the morning. Man, I was, it was unbelievable how beautiful she was. But uh, that's a story for another day. That's not a no. Switchy, no, I'm kind that's of a faucet. That's no, no. When faucet. you're talking about Farrah Fawcett, uh, and I'm hearing this story being told. I'm almost hearing 70s music and you pulling up in cowboy boots, a leisure suit, and a cowboy hat in a Cadillac in Lufkin, Texas. Didn't have the cowboy hat. Didn't have the cowboy hat, but had everything else, including my leisure suit. And by the way, you know, she had done that commercial with uh, Joe Namath, the Noxzema commercial. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, you know, and the Cougar commercial. And uh, so, yeah, she was a former Miss Texas who was the Mm. MC of the Miss Lufkin pageant. So, uh, Did, did, you go, man. Did, did you get her number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think she said, don't call me, I'll call you. Oh, really? Like well, you yeah. know what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? So you're saying there's a chance. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Big Ten Ohio State insider. Hey, what are they saying in Ohio, or at least uh, in the inside the Buckeye Nation that you're a part of? What are they saying about this hardball NCAA mess? We're waiting for the final shoe to drop. I mean, you know, it's like uh, the interesting thing is, man, when anything close to this ever happens at Ohio State, it's like it's like all the national media parachutes in, you know, and uh, or at least in the past, we haven't had a huge scandal around around these parts for a while, and uh, at least of that of that ilk. But uh, you know, is is somebody even? Um, this person who covers uh, Michigan was was keeps repeating to me, um, you know, this is about more than a cheeseburger, you know, <laughs> and uh, so we'll see where it goes. But you know, we all tried to ask him in some form or fashion just to get some kind of feel for where he is from us from a media, mental standpoint, headed into camp and having this hanging over his head, but. Uh, it's uh, it's just a reminder that yeah, you know, the NCAA cops are still out there hiding behind trees, but they're still out there, you know. And uh, and this happened a while ago. So, uh, but uh, you know, the bottom line is what the NCAA doesn't like, if they can in fact prove it, is anybody uh, either uh, either telling a wrong story or fibbing or lying. Uh, to them or misrepresenting things to them and when in fact they think when in fact they think they have the facts straight and uh, believe me they don't always have the facts straight but uh you know they are the final arbiter in this thing but uh, you know it's it's really interesting because the way you're understanding the penalty at least by those who have very good knowledge of what's coming down he's 
he's only going to have to like miss four games, not four weeks in those games. Like with uh, uh, Urban Meyer in 2018, when he had when he was suspended for the first three games, it was it was the entire preseason camp plus those weeks of those games. But that was a school imposed penalty uh, for something that was. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. But uh, but the bottom line, this is uh, you know uh, interesting because uh, I think at least two of uh, Harbaugh's uh, assistants are also facing at least a one game uh, penalty. So, including the guy who might end up calling the plays, you know, and uh, uh, so we'll see where it goes. Uh, the guy, I just I, all all Ohio State people, I, I'm not sure it's that big a deal because when you look at the schedule and look at the four games he's going to miss. It's not like uh, a murderer's row. To me, uh, well, Ohio it's State a little bit close to Skid Row, right. but that's another story. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and to me, Ohio State Big Ten insider joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan, uh, away from uh, the Harbaugh headlines. Where, where's where's this rivalry at right now? When you look at the Ohio State side and what's happened the last two years in Ann Arbor, last year in Columbus. Ohio State almost righted that ship in a hurry if they hit that field goal against Georgia. I think they go blow out uh, TCU, but the scoreboard doesn't lie. But this Michigan-Ohio State, you know, one, two again uh, in the East and one, two in the Big Ten. Uh, Where do you think Ohio State is lurking where they could be better than advertised? And where are they hurting where Michigan could take advantage of it and win three years in a row? Going into the season... Uh, the big question mark for Ohio State is just off its line, um, replacing three starters. I mean, they feel they feel comfortable that they've got the guys in place. Uh, maybe not finally in place, but they've got the guys uh, on the roster to get those things done: right tackle, left tackle, and center. And uh, you know, got a they got a uh, um, a late year. Well, I call it a late year transfer transfer portal kid, Josh Simmons. Uh, from San Diego State, who's now looming as a possible favorite for that right tackle job, although I wouldn't sleep on Tegra Shabola or Zid Mikowski, but uh, Tegra Shabola especially, man, he looks apart. But uh, And then at center, they've got three viable options there, maybe starting with Carson Hensman and or Jacob James. Uh, and they also got another um, uh, transfer portal guy, Victor Cutler, who played some center in the preseason camp. He's uh, from Louisiana Monroe, but uh, you know when he played, uh, he played, he played tackle and guard at Louisiana Monroe, and and uh, held his own when own when they played in the last couple of years played Texas and played Alabama. So they kind of like what they've got there. But Josh Fryer's probably the heir apparent at uh, at left tackle at least going into camp. He played he started and uh, played a whole game at right tackle last year, but. Um, they're replacing three draft picks and uh, of, of various importance uh, there from top to bottom, and so, so that's the big question. Defensively, there there's a strong sense that they're going to be much better, much more consistent. I think is the word that they're trying to use. And uh, you know what killed them huge were the big plays against against Michigan. Well, I think Michigan had five touchdowns at average. Uh, 55 yards a play or something along those lines. I may need to go back and do my remedial math there. But And then against Georgia in the fourth quarter when they had Georgia on the ropes, uh, you know, and you saw Marvin Harrison Jr. have to lead the game at the end of the third quarter of that concussion. 
uh, when they had Georgia on the ropes, they gave up some big plays there in that fourth quarter to let Georgia come back with a great comeback and uh, win that game 42-41. to 41. Uh, But they feel like they have addressed the give up the big play syndrome. Everybody's going to give up big plays. You just don't want to give up five or six of them, you know, because <laughs> those are killer. Big plays, I mean, big plays for touchdowns. And uh, the, the big, you know, my big line is if they can just keep a cap on the defense, meaning, you know, a team is playing three safeties most of the time. You don't have a safety deep. I, I would say that's not really good. So uh, they've addressed that. And, you know, of course, Ryan Day is, is, is basically determined he's going to be a true head coach this season, although we'll see if that holds through preseason camp. But, you know, he's going to spend some time uh, giving his points of view, et cetera, with the defense as much as he is the offense this season, definitely in preseason camp. So, uh, you know, that's they, they feel like they've, they've uh, addressed their problems on defense. It's the second year of the Jim Knowles 4-2-5 defense, and almost everybody, this is the key, almost everybody is back on that defense. And they learned the – uh, went through the School of Hard Knocks last year, and uh, they, there's no doubt they've got talent across the board, up front, uh, linebacker, and in the secondary. But uh, these guys are a year older and a year wiser. And more than that, like at cornerback, for example, they feel much more healthy uh, than they did headed into the first game last year because, you know, they they had trouble – uh, keeping healthy cornerbacks just on the field as the season went on, and that meant they weren't practicing a lot too. So, uh, and even in the safety spot, the same thing. So they feel like they've got a handle on that. So, you know, they should be better. They should be actually a lot better on defense. But you know, my big line is if they're only twenty-five or thirty percent better, that that's probably going to be enough. Now, ask me the real question. Uh, the real question is uh, what the uh, quarterback situation. Yeah, and the, you know it's everybody's asked that. I'm, I'm I like you, man. You didn't lead off with that because you're a football guy. But uh, they feel like they've got two capable quarterbacks in uh, Cal McCord and Devin Brown. Cal McCord, of course, was a backup the last two years to C.J. Stroud. As, you know, he was as a true freshman and a sophomore. He started and he started and won a game way back in his freshman year. And when he spelled uh, C.J. Stroud, who had a sore shoulder, uh, that that one game. Played the entire game and won it. Of course, it was against Akron, but uh, it wasn't like Dwayne Haskins Jr. coming off the bench and beating Michigan back in 2017. But I digress, of course. But uh, Devin Brown is uh, going into his second year, and he he exudes leadership, exudes confidence, but but he's a little bit more flamboyant than uh, Cal McCord is. But Cal McCord. Uh, he only may be the quiet assassin kind of guy. They both can run. Well, I think probably going to run the quarterback uh, much more than it has the last couple of years with, uh, with well, with Dwayne Askins Jr. and C.J. Stroud. Uh, Justin Fields obviously ran, uh, ran, ran quite a bit, but uh, they they feel pretty good about having that balance added back to their offense. But you know, when you look at Ohio State, uh, the big question mark is the offensive line because. They probably have the deepest running back room in the country from top to bottom and the deepest wide receiver room. I don't think anybody's going to argue that point in the country top to bottom. They just got to have that, uh, you know, the launching pad and then the launcher. Tim May, Ohio State Big Ten insider, joining us from Columbus on the Roast Umber Coffee uh, guest line. Before I let you go, your thoughts uh, with USC, UCLA coming in, no divisions. 
the chance now with the expanded college football playoff next year uh, after the 24 season. Ohio State, Michigan could meet upwards of three times. It, it would be tough to do that three times in a row, but uh, the chance is there uh, with this expanded rotating schedule with USC and UCLA in. Is the day coming where Ohio State, Michigan could be bumped to earlier in the season? Uh, according to Ryan Day, there there have been some conversations about that. You know, we'll see where that goes. I have been outing this possibility huge since it came down about the no divisions and the and of course coinciding with the expanded playoff and in fact they could meet back to back weekends uh into the regular season and the first weekend in December for the Big Ten championship game and then possibly like you pointed out and not pointed out to people quite a bit, they could you know, don't think it's not out of the possibility they could play in the in the uh, in the expanded playoff, the twelve team playoff. If one is ends up, you know, they could knock each other kind of like around those last two weekends of the regular season, including the conference championship game, give each other a black eye, which could take the champion possibly out of being in that top four. You know, and uh, then you've got the specter of playing four games to win a national championship, which I think is folly, man. I, I I'm not sure college football teams are built. To play four straight games for a team to play four straight games of that magnitude, uh, and even if there is a week and a half or two weeks in between, and then if you throw in there Ohio State and Michigan possibly playing two weekends in a row, let's say the week before that game, uh, the week before the regular season finale, the fourth weekend in in November, let's say they both clinch the fact that they're going to play in the Big Ten championship game. Well, what does that do? What does that do to the game, to the game, which is the regularly scheduled game, from a standpoint of the one you really want to win is the next weekend, right? I mean, clearly, as rivals, you want to win every time you play. But it's just going to be an interesting time. And you know this, man. You've been around. It's hard to beat a team two times in one season. Just ask Georgia and Alabama a couple of years ago. Alabama beats Georgia, wins a, the SEC championship, and then Georgia comes around and beats them in the in the national championship game. So, you know, it's that's tough. Uh, I, I, I think the idea of moving it earlier in the year makes a lot of sense, much like an NFL schedule, you know, that if in fact this is going, this can happen, and it can happen. Could have happened last year, obviously, uh, if, you, if you did it that way. So, I'm not sure that's that's good, but I would now. I was totally one of those guys, totally against moving the Michigan game, the Ohio State Michigan game, the game, to anything other than the last weekend in November. I was against that uh, a long time ago uh, when they had legends and leaders, even because there was a possibility then. Remember, they were in uh, separate divisions there, and uh, it never never came to pass. But I don't. I, I'm not sure anybody wants to see because uh, you've seen it in some other conferences. Where they've played back-to-back weekends, uh, even in the I think even in the uh, Pac-12, those I'm not sure the second game is ever as good a game as the first one. I think uh, you kick off the season with Ohio State of Michigan because then both teams uh, can rally in the next uh, eleven games before they would get uh, to the Big yeah. Ten championship. I would argue. I would argue maybe make it the third or fourth. I agree. Game. Somewhere or, in that first maybe, month, right? Or maybe. Or maybe like Texas and Oklahoma, you know, pretty much always played in October. Uh, you know, Notre Dame and USC have played in October uh, when they, when the games at Notre Dame, and then 
late November or December when the games at at uh, USC because uh, you know uh, Newt Rockney and the coach at uh, can't remember the coach at Notre Dame set that up you know, in that fashion a long time ago. Uh, but uh, but I would I would think mid like Tennessee Alabama you know that's a that's a uh, traditional rivalry third third Saturday in October you know is the is the is what they call that game even though it's sometimes on the third sometimes it's on the fourth but uh, that would be a great midseason game with. Huge ramifications. Pardon, pardon me using your uh, your show name there. Thank you. And I, I, I agree with you. Somewhere in that uh, first month and keep it on the same weekend and it's, you know, it's locked in. It's a, yeah. you know, and also with the evolution of where TV is going, don't discount if you do move it earlier in the year that Michigan-Ohio State uh, but, could end up being a night game. Yeah, but huge. One of the great, if you look up the rankings for, for ratings for games, for matchups over the last many years, Ohio State Penn State has been one of the highest rated regular season games in the country. Night game, from right? TV draw from the TV draw. Sometimes, most of the time, a night game, but not always. You know, like last year, it wasn't. And uh, uh, it depends on what network is doing the game, right? It was a, it was the big noon game last year. Well, and you take it off the holiday weekend. I think you're going to get bigger viewership for Ohio State no, but, Michigan. Right, but my point is. Ohio State and Penn State aren't guaranteed to play every year now after uh, after the, after this season because Penn State has no designated rival, you know, and and that includes Michigan uh, Penn State. They're not guaranteed to play every year, and I I don't understand. If I'm a television network executive, I want that in my inventory, you know, because uh, that puts fannies in seats in front of television sets. That's really what it's all about anymore, right? Well, and it's it's about Michigan and Ohio State being such huge TV draws that now you had the number two TV market in America in L.A. Uh, with USC and UCLA next season, and you know they want Michigan. And when you look at you know one point whatever seven billion, uh, the number's crazy. Uh, that TV will dictate this, and when you look at these fair and balanced schedules. It will be interesting how they're going to come up with a formula, though. I almost said that they may look at the college football playoff committee's rankings and pick the top two Big Ten teams from those to play in the Big Ten title game. Oh, yeah. They, 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 that's basically – but you got to figure if I take Michigan are undefeated uh, going into that uh, last weekend, they're going to be those top two teams. I mean, right. Uh, you know, well, who else – because they will have run some kind of like uh, you know gauntlet, but uh, I'm just talking about Ohio State and Penn State not being guaranteed to be playing every year now, starting next season. I don't under I don't understand the thinking behind taking what I consider to be one of the premier rivalries uh, off the shelf for television because it always draws a huge number, just like Michigan Penn State always draws a huge number. That's the part I don't get. Neither one of those, those, those three teams of the Pitt State is not guaranteed to play Ohio State or Michigan every year from now, starting out, starting next year. And I don't understand that kind of thinking. But uh, I well, guess bigger, smarter, you know, smarter guys than me figured it. No, out. I think it's just because you got UCLA and USC from Los Angeles, which is the number two TV market, and they're jumping in, and that's where that rotation of Ohio State playing USC and UCLA and Michigan that the Penn States will rotate out, but they'll adjust 
after these first couple of years. Yeah, but rotate. I don't know why they wouldn't still be on your schedule. I, I know. Uh, well, but but I mean, you've got you've got right. Iowa with three designated teams that's going to play every year to keep these. Uh, Floyd of Rosedale and all those other little trophy <laughs> games going. I mean, my point is this. I'm, I'm going to reiterate. I mean, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. No, I get you're it. Taking, you're taking a game, a premier game, from the standpoint of TV ratings, and you're throwing it away on a regular basis. No, I, I think Penn State, Ohio State is their second rival. If you looked at me, I, Eric, if you looked at me from a distance here in Michigan, yeah. Tim, and you're down in Columbus, and you could – you can agree I or disagree. I, I, I think the rivalry list for Ohio State in order inside the Big Ten is Michigan and then Penn State, correct? I agree 100%. Okay. I agree 100%. And then for Michigan, it's Ohio State. And and again, I, I, I stop for a minute and you, you say Michigan State just because, you know, they're 90 miles right. apart. Right. But, the, you know, and it seems though, though that rivalry is protected, uh, that Ohio yeah. State – Michigan State, and, yeah. and, and Michigan State, Michigan are protected where Ohio State should have Michigan and Penn State protected every year. I agree. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. I agree. I, I'm, I'm with you. That's why I'm, it took us. It took us five yeah. minutes, but we agreed, yeah. Tim. Hey, I got to get to a network break, I buddy. You do, man. I oh, love you. Are huge. You know that, man. I'll see you, see you next time, man. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Tim May joining us from Columbus. I, I could talk football with him for like six hours. I'm serious.